through. Love flies in front. Coming at him, Craig Lee Simo. Love flies in front. Craig Lee Simo. Super Rose starting to come from the rear. Craig Lee Simo. Love flies on the inside. Craig Lee Simo has got up. Craig Lee Simo. Tiger starting to storm home down the outside. Gallic went to the lead. In the inside, Love on Sunday. Trying hard. Love on Sunday. Bernie's Tiger can't pick him up. But winning attacks late. It's Love on Sunday. Love on Sunday. Back along the rails. Hasn't really moved on Echo Point. Now she gives the uh, Birdsville Cup winner one around the rump. Race is clear. Echo Point, outstanding. Takes the tree of knowledge by seven lengths on Falave. A nice lucky. That was the mighty Echo Point taking out the tree of knowledge cup for uh, a lot of a lot of listeners who may have backed him. Uh, the Stratania Capital, let it ride. The Hands and Heels syndication owners. Mate, uh, what another thrill over the weekend. Jeez, and didn't he do it easy, mate? He's a, he's a real star. He's, he's accumulating some cups. And, um, yeah, I was interested personally. I'm a bit of a tragic for the stories behind some of these, um, you know, country races. And you filled me in there on the, on the Pat Ogden story. So that, that was pretty special. And, yeah, mate, it's a, he's a good horse. And um, another 10 out of 10 ride by Brooke, too, just quietly. Yeah, it's always good to win the win the home cup, eh? And that's I think the second time we won it with SEL a couple of years ago. Todd won it last year with Sizzlating, so it's becoming quite a regular occurrence. But yeah, mate, it was obviously another bloody peach of a ride there by Brooke, and he doesn't have to do too much in the run, and he hasn't been tried too hard. So it's going to be exciting to obviously step him up and take on some better horses. But until then, um, another winner for us in Halcyon House, which uh, stepped out in the Class Three Thousand and nailed him late and another good ride there by rick as well and uh star of o'reilly eight uh pipped on the post by the stable mate kettleston yeah really exciting run by halsey and house there first up obviously it was just yeah sort of a sit and watch race but couldn't have been more impressive on the line i thought and then yeah gee the big boy under 66 mate he's um yeah obviously his grand final wasn't a sad day and he's ticking over really nicely for this prep and then Mount Garnet was the other weekend uh, meeting, Friday, Saturday, another ripple card there, and obviously rodeo and whatnot looked like a good good crowd, good turnout. Magnate looked like he benefited from a bit of a break there for Ricky Ludwig. He won uh, by five lengths in the Class 3 for the biggest win of the weekend. The open bracelet, the race of the day Friday when Battlecry edged out Verbalizer an inch and closer with only a half a length between the three of them. A well-timed run there from Battle Cry, Nathan Day, um, whilst a huge effort from Verbalizer, I thought. He raced really well, um, old horse, eight-year-old, against the sprinters, and I see that he's accepted to back up this Friday in Townsville over 1,400, and I think he's probably very, very hard to beat there. It was a tight betting race there in the up-and-coming stays heat, but it resulted on cra- in Cragley Simo for Trevor Rowe and Amanda Thompson upstaging the Kristen Allender train Love Flies. He's going to win one of these one day. I've, I've uh, been on. Uh, I've been on him both times. Obviously, it was a, a, a ripper battle there between the two, and I'll uh, I'll be back and love flies again next start. And I think that may be in Gordon Vale again Saturday. It was a cracking start to the day on day two. We tipped the first five winners, and not far away in the remaining two on the card. I think we got a Cornella as well on on the day, but. The feature, the Norwell Australian Mount Garnet Cashmere Cup, was taken out by the Alex Malift train Love on Sunday with Gaelic in for second and Bernie's Tiger third. 
He probably just had the fitness edge, I think, on uh, Gaelic as he let him up and just kicked away on the tight track. But Gaelic, familiar, will be the one to follow into these Country Cup-type races moving forward. So, yeah, congratulations to everyone involved there at Mount Garnet for another Ripper meeting. And will be one I have to uh, book in to get up to maybe in the, the next year or two, mate. Tell you what, mate, we've seen him well from a tipping point of view, didn't we? And um, just one note, I did see this, the club put out a bit of a um, story today. I think there were some issues up there with Telstra coverage and maybe some camping space. So... Obviously, they got a really big crowd there this year, and I think they mightn't have had space for everyone to set up. Um, oh, geez, oh, mate, I know the year we went up, some of the boys didn't even end up rolling their swags out because they didn't sleep, so we didn't take up too much room. But, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just hope that no one got put off by that. Um, I know the club sounded very sort of sympathetic in their post, and, and, and hopefully, you know, they're seeking a bit of assistance to, to make sure nothing like that happens again. So it was a great weekend, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I just hope any first-timers didn't go up there and... Um, and sort of, uh, you know, won't go back because of that because it sounds like the club's going to try and make sure that those sort of issues are rectified. So, yeah, good on to everyone. And, and that's the sort of club they are, mate. If there's any concerns, they're obviously going to try and work on it and sort it out. So that's good to see. I just can't believe this day and age we don't have phone coverage in all of Australia. And, like, that's only a few hours from Cairns. So I'd like to um, actually, I'd like to get on uh, one of the Cairns trainers and just find out how they manage that trip, whether they take the horses and camp or, or do two-day trips. Um so that's one one question we'll have to ask in the future. But yeah, not a hell of a lot of results in the last week. So let's have a look at racing Friday in Townsville. Huge card, mate. Jeez, they're starting at 11am with 11 races. Uh, jockeys are going to have a sore ass by the end of the day. Yeah, gee, you don't see 11 race uh, cards very often up this way, do you? But... Hey, they'll put on a good show there, Friday Ave. You know, a few blokes I know, they'll be heading out there after work for sure. And, yeah, it should be an early kickoff. But, uh, oh, what a cracking day for, for Townsville. The first race on the card looks to be the Missile Thunder Stakes again. And uh, I did notice, though, Roy's decided to go with the claim from Rachel Shred to take the three kilos off. But it's obviously going to be, uh, he's going to be the one to beat. The first of our previews is a high-gain Class 6 plate over 1,400. I think I know what you'll be back in here, and uh, that's my little horse verbaliser. <laughs> oh, how can you not, mate? Like, you already touched on unsuitable there, first up. Third up, gets out to the 1400. Pretty weak field, mate. Southern Swings first up. Malahat was actually one I was kicking up for when I first come north, but just hasn't done enough for me to be coming near it. Uh, Tawiri, you know, might run a race, but, mate, yeah, verbaliser. Lacey Morrison, Charlie Hoffman, good combo. Yeah, butter up. Yeah, class six plate too, so obviously gets them best at the weights there. Verbalizer for me. We'll then lead into the Ferguson Electrical Open Handicap over the mile. Uh, Penny Agua returns here third up after a second up flop. I'm uh, guessing you might lead into him again, mate. Yeah, I didn't want it to be honest, mate, but I just couldn't find anything to, to beat him really. Um you know, second up syndrome. I'm not reading too much into that flop. Loves a track and trip. And just wasn't enough down the bottom there for me to go against him, mate. Yeah, so I'm sticking with. What about yourself? Yeah, this is a weak bunch. So if he doesn't beat these, um, yeah, I'll walk home. <laughs> <laughs> We're then on to the Vale Monica Wode. Cutest three-year-old handicap over 1,300 metres. 
I've come up with plenty on top. Finally finds a race where he's probably going to get a good sit and run over the top of them late with the three kilo claim. Yes, dream form. I see it scratched from this. Pretty good with um, Eagle Eye Star. Fire King, obviously, ever, ever consistent. Yarra Linda failed at a, out at Mount Garner, so may have come to the end of the prep. And that's probably uh, those that are at risk of um, knocking him off. Yeah, mate, oh, I think everyone who listens knows I'm a bit of a Palencia fan, being on him for the first three starts as prep. I did see Yesterday come out of the noms, which made me happy. So, yeah, I'll be with Palencia again. I thought Valley Rattler's just one to keep an eye on, too. Sort of mixes his form a bit, but I had some had some good runs in, in amongst some bad ones there, so I wanted to keep an eye on. But, yeah, mate, I'm sticking with me, boy, Palencia. Probably should have just let you do the whole preview because we've, <laughs> we've gone the same horses, so not much, <laughs> not much more to let on, so... Then on to the Gallagher Insurance Open over a 1,000 metres. What a hot race, mate. Obviously, the top weight there getting up in uh, a lot further up in weight, the Egyptian, than, than usual. So might find it a bit tough under heavy conditions. Well, mate, we've uh, we've been following each other for the whole card up until now, but I can't see you being on this one, mate, because I reckon I found one at some serious value here. We, again, we're doing this early, so I'm no bookie, but I'm saying 20 bucks plus for Dallin. Um, each way here, mate, uh, they stripped all the gear off first up and let him a merry dance. Got run over late, but wasn't beaten far, and that was off a seven-month holiday, mate, so stuck on really well considering. Mate, last prep, this horse has beaten four lengths in the Cleveland Bay. Tricky race, very open, and I just think at the 1,000, second up, I know it stays at the 1,000, but I think it might lead him again and going to be a lot fitter. So, yeah, each way ticket at the big odds for Dallin. Do you seriously think it can lead him up from barrier 12? Yeah, mate. Leanne McCoy's on. I don't know anyone in the connections, but I reckon they're probably listening and they'll kick it forward, mate. (laughs) (laughs) You're only hoping. I'm going to go the way of... uh, I've just seen something then and I don't think I liked it. But uh, the two for me, (laughs) I'll go two and then lean one. Uh, full recognition, um, who we'll have a chat about with Ryan Wiggins a little bit later on. 59.5, barrier 12. I think he finds a hot race um, where there's going to be plenty of speed on top. Probably needs to go to 1,200, but he'll probably get the last crack out of them. Um, but the other one I, I see down there is High Realm. I've tipped it twice. Uh, 1,200 first up, back to 1,000 behind Lily of the Glen. And Lily of the Glen that day just bolted and just kept going um, so that's good form for me over the thousand at Townsville and gets barrier three so it's probably just going to have to sit on them so full recognition may need to run down higher realm and those two Cornella it for me for the day and um, yeah the Egyptian just does it too tough out wide with um, Dallin in for fourth so that's the previews there for Townsville Friday We'll take a little look at Rockhampton a bit later with um, with our guest. But, Lockie, I thought I'd have a look at Gordonvale there Saturday. We've got another up-and-coming stayers heat. It's a benchmark 65. The card looks looks like a classic Saturday bush meet. Um, captivated there in the Class 1, mate. Uh, he could be worth a follow. I thought Chompers also looked overdue in the benchmark 60. What did you find... Mate, I'm in the, um, well, I really like Captivated, you, you know, I'm a bit of a fan there, so that, that'll that be winning that class one, but in the up-and-coming stayers race, mate, there's one, um, gee, I'm really kicking up for, Coastal Boy, 
Uh, on the backup, on the quick backup, after a nice run of Mount Garnet there, and I tell you what, I nearly would have been on the phone to Trevor Rowe if I didn't see him nominated for this, because um, not that I know Trevor, or that he'd answer my call, but this thing's had 43 starts and has never had a look at a trip. The dam has thrown uh, multiple winners over 2,000 metres. They even had a Queensland Cup runner over the two-mile, mate. So don't be concerned that it's the first look at the 1,800. If anything, be excited for it. And I, to be honest, I reckon he's been looking for the trip, um, even though he's had 43 starts. It's <laughs> a so coastal boy for me, mate. Coming up against uh, probably one that you'll be tipping, no doubt, in Love Flies. Yeah, I've got a knot. <laughs> been spruiking it for weeks now. So uh, well overdue for the win and looks to be a stayer on the rise. So... Love flies for me there at Gordon Vale, the best on the card. And now, mate, we've got Ryan Wiggins joining us. Uh, he's currently uh, the premiership leading jockey with 62 wins and a strike rate of 24.1%. Yeah, how you going, boys? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, you, uh, you must be happy with how the season's going so far. I think you've kicked home about oh, 20 winners in the last month by the looks of it. Yeah, it's been pretty good. I um was out with a broken leg through uh, November and pretty much the whole of December. So, yeah, it's been pretty good, actually. I was mentioning to Lockie the other day, I noticed that I think you went into town for a ride and um, only about an hour or two later you were popping up at the Gold Coast and I told him to keep a watch and you, and you belted one home. It does happen. The thing is, the thing is, I live so close to um, Eagle Farm and, and Durban. I live on the back of Durban Racecourse here, so if it looks like I've got an easy day on a, on a Saturday in town or something, and then someone wants you for a last couple of races or an early couple of races at the Gold Coast, it's you can do it. So I'm pretty lucky that way. Yeah, and sort of, how do you try and line that up? Is that just through through management, I guess, of your rides, eh? Yeah, I usually just prioritise. Well, obviously, I was riding that horse in town no matter what, and if the time's worked out to go somewhere else, that's fine. Like You give yourself an hour and a half to get to the Gold Coast. On a Saturday, they get a bit of traffic, but it's usually not too bad from my house. I live pretty much on the freeway, so on and off straight away, and usually give yourself an hour and a half, you'll get there in time. And obviously, we we sort of call you the FIFO jockeys. We're FIFO workers ourselves, mm. or lockiers anyway, mm. and, and, and I'd claim you as a FIFO jockey for North Queensland. Hey, tell us about about a week's work for you from track work to race days, whether it be down south, up north. Uh, what's it entail? Yeah, usually Mondays I, I get off, fortunately, to spend with my little one at the moment, the little daughter Penelope. She's only one year old, so Mondays is daddy daycare usually, and um, Tuesdays involves a bit of track work at Eagle Farm in Durban, and then usually I shoot up to every second Tuesday I shoot up to the Sunshine Coast to do trials for Garnet Taylor and Stewie Kendrick. And then um, if I haven't got any races that day, day off as well. But, yeah, usually races um, up north, sometimes on a, on a Tuesday and mostly on a Wednesday, uh, on a Thursday, sorry, and just fly out and fly back pretty much. And, um, yeah, just ride as much as I can down here, but at the same time too, fit in those meetings during the week that, that don't um, get in the way of too much here. Who are you riding work for there in Brizzy? Uh, I ride a little bit. I've always ridden work for Chris Munt ever since he started. So I do a little bit of Chris and Will Holbert. And then, like I said, I usually shoot up to um, Sunshine Coast and I might do a gallop or two for to, for Garnet and Stewie if I get there early enough before the trials. The trials don't usually start till um, 8.30 there at the Sunshine Coast, which is unlucky because it you know, takes you an hour to get up there. So, but yeah, I shoot up there and ride a little bit of work. From memory, obviously, those two are both a demon. So what do you just jump the back fence, mate? Uh cross the back straight and <laughs> I up. wish it was that easy <laughs> <laughs> would be nice wouldn't it yeah Chris, 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 is, Chris is at Eagle Farm now yeah Chris is at Eagle Farm now so I should have at Eagle Farm and then yeah Will's over at Durban so 
Yeah, as much as I've, I've had a little scooter once, I tried to do the whole scooter thing just because <laughs> I live so close to the tracks, but I'm not real good with the cold in winter, so I, that was thrown out the window and I just drive. So it might only take me 45 seconds, but I definitely use the car. <laughs> well, uh, tell us a bit more about the management of sort of your race riding in North Queensland because obviously, you know, nominations yeah. and, and whatnot, and then you've got your got to book your flights you know manage your rides down south all that sort of jazz yeah. are you doing it yourself you got a bit of assistance from your manager mm. how do you handle everything yeah my manager uh, brad glendenny he, he's i've been with him for 10 years and we've got a pretty good system like i pretty much revolve around riding for ricky vale and jared wheeler up there and pretty much every two weeks they'll give me their rides two weeks in advance if they've got runners pretty much if, if they have no runners on that day you pretty much won't see me there which is very rare but it does happen once a month where they won't have runners at these meetings, so I just put a line through it straight away, unless I've got something for someone else already lined up. But usually that's my starting point, them two guys, and, and then my manager works out from there to take other rides. But, yeah, usually uh, two weeks in advance, and uh, I'm lucky enough Ricky Vale's got a good owner that looks after my flights, and, and Jared's got an owner too that looks after my flights too. So I'm one of the lucky ones that 80% of my flights get paid for, which is great, which makes a big difference. So, yeah, that's pretty much the way they, they sling me or they get me to ride up there. That's They pay for my flights. It um, yeah, it must be mentally tough, is it, mate, all, all the FIFO? Like, as yeah. Kerr had mentioned, I sort of do the FIFO thing myself, obviously in a very different career and very different situation. But, you know, that... Mm. Um, that FIFO lifestyle can be tough on anyone. So, you know, is that something you just sort of got to handle on, on the fly? Yeah, it's 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 taken a bit to get used to. Um, I struggle a little bit with my weight, so that's another thing on top of everything to try to deal with as well, getting to the races in time, having enough time to have a sweat before the races and stuff. And generally a day entails with losing a kilo or two the day of the races. So, yeah, I pretty much work on my flights around that. And, and when it's hot up north, it's actually pretty good. I, I catch an earlier flight than most of the other boys and get up there and I'm more likely to put the sweat gear on and go for a walk around the track for a couple, do a few laps around the track to lose a bit of weight rather than use the spars. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it does knock you around, as you probably know. it. You know, flying up in the air all the time, it, it, it's not real good when you're dehydrated either on the way down, but um, on the way up, yeah, look, you get used to it and... I don't mind flying. It's um, obviously being from New South Wales. I did a lot of travelling in New South Wales, and you used to pretty much live in a car. So flying up and flying back, and it's it's not as bad as it seems compared to some of the boys what they do in New South Wales. You just have to stay out of that Qantas club, mate. If you got weight problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a vir- I'm a virgin guy. I like ah, the virgin. <laughs> I stay nice. away from Qantas. <laughs> I know I like the fly fly at work as they. They use Qantas, but um, obviously from work. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm likely to, to try and always book Virgin if I can. Do you um, you know, you mentioned you got a couple of trainers you obviously ride for. Does it ever come down to a matter of a certain amount of rides to be, you know, to make it worthwhile traveling up, or you know, if 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 Ricky's got one or two horses, you're going up regardless. Yeah, like I said, if if them two guys have got two or three to start with, it's usually it's a pretty easy decision to make, you know what I mean? And like I said, a lot of the times I'm getting paid, my flights paid for as well. So that makes a big difference too. Unfortunately for the other guys, oh, a few of the other guys get their flights paid for, but some of the other guys don't. And they can ride a bit lighter, so they've got to project on how many rides they're sort of getting as well. And, and they can take full books all the time and ride 54, which is a bit much better for them. And they can make a decent amount all the time, but I'm relying on quality over quantity at the moment because of my weight and yeah like i said i'm a bit lucky that i've got to get my flights paid for so it does make it a bit easier but at the same time too it's very rare you'll see me go for one or two it's just been where i've been stuck and i, I just couldn't get out of it 
Well, we've sort of touched now on on Wheelow and, and Ricky Vale there. So, you know, they look to have a few nice progress, progressive horses moving forward into this period. Well, they always do, to be honest. But um, you've already yeah. uh, had a chance to sit on a couple. So you must be pretty optimistic about not only this weekend, but, uh, you know, winter carnival in North Queensland starts to heat up. And, you, you know, they look, to, they look, look like they'll have a fairly strong hand in those sort of races. Yeah, they, they seem to aim for them sort of the meetings at the end of the season for sort of their, their carnival time. They're buying horses from down south all the time and they're paying good money for them. They're, they're lucky they've got good owners. Um, Jared's, um gets a lot of horses off Aquas and, and places like that. And, and then Ricky Vale, one of his owners, Pav, puts a lot of money into them and they're buying horses from Godolphin all the time and things like that. So they're not paying buying cheap horses either. So to be honest, they need to be going through their grades and – Usually they start them off like horses like um, policing and and wine talks and and these sort of horses they're paying well not so much wine talks but I know policing and and another one there they paid a bit of money for so and they've won their last few races and, and that's what they're supposed to be doing and then they have a little break and then they head up in, into the carnival sort of thing and sort of go for those guineas races and then maybe later on to the sprinting races and and then um, even into the cut races the next year. So I think horses like Namazoo and, and um, Stubai and all them sort of horses, that's what they've done with them sort of horses. And, yeah, they just progression, keep them going over the carnival. I don't think the owners are really buying from the come down here very often. Every now and then they do. But, yeah, they're pretty much bought for, for the carnival up north for sure. Well, uh, we better have a look at Ryan's rides this weekend, Lockie. And uh, I think there's a little bit of a lead there talking about flying up to Townsville and uh, not having a ride for the Rocky team. Four rides, potentially all in the market. Fire King has had a 1,000 starts, mate, but he was back in form last start. Yeah, I actually liked his run last start. Yeah, his last couple of runs before that were a little bit average, but, yeah, his run last start was a lot better and it's back to sort of where he should be. Um, he's a pretty handy horse, to be honest. I believe he can. She likes racing him a fair bit, so he's had a fair few starts as a as a three-year-old, but, look, I, I wouldn't dismiss him at all. He's, he's definitely the one of the best horses in the race apart from the Palencia, the two. But, um, yeah, he'll be definitely there. And he's pretty much for the reason why I'm going up there on Friday. Yeah, nice. Well, there's a lead, listeners. But, um, mm. mate, I see it looks to be a, a couple of smart gear changes on Go Deep. And uh, I did notice you're stuck with him and haven't got the booking on Olindo. Was that a yeah. prior booking or uh, is there a lead there? Yeah, um, Olindo, they, I think they went to um, Claim. Um, I was supposed to ride him at a Cairns meeting that got cancelled not long ago. So, yeah, they mm. went with the claim in this race, but he's only a really little horse, and he's a nice little progression horse. But, yeah, obviously stepping up in grade, they'd probably want to claim. But, um, yeah, I stuck with Go Deep. Um, I didn't really get offered much else in the race, but at the same time, too, I know one of the owners, and I'm pretty good friends with Georgie and Aiden Holt. They're just playing around with this horse. I rode him last start. He just showed too much. He, he showed speed. Yeah, and, he took and off, And then eh? nothing at the finish of the race. Pretty ordinary. Very bad, you know what I mean? So I suggested they, they tamper with the gear and, and try and drag him back tomorrow on Friday. So you'll probably see a bit of a change of instructions on Friday and, and see how he goes off. I, I told him to put the earmuffs on him and drag him out the back and, and see if he wants to finish off. Otherwise, yeah, he's going to be a bit of trouble for his career. So he needs to, to change his tune a little bit. But um, I think going forward and, and racing on the speed is just not his go anymore. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I thought that may have been on the cards with him trying to get get to settle. Yeah. And then, mate, I think you're, you're best on the card. I just want to check your confidence levels on full recognition. He heads into this open thousand third up from the spell and he, he just looks um, ready to strike. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice horse. Um, it's taken a couple of runs to come to hand. Look, I'd prefer him to be going to 1,200, to be honest, but I don't mm. think there's much around yep. for him. But the way he ran the other day, he just keeps drawing bad gates, to be honest. But 
the way he run the other day, um, it's probably a bit easier race this time. Um, you know, the Egyptians getting up there with a bit of weight, um, 62 kilos now. So, yeah, look, to be honest, a few horses in the race haven't their first up, and he's very fit. So, the thousand mightn't be too much of a drama on Friday. But like I said, I'd prefer to see him go to 1200, but he might be able to get away with this race on Friday. Well, a good little book for you, and then. On to Rocky Saturday, the, the three features. I guess it's only sort of the weights out at the moment, and you've been lucky enough to get a, a couple of good rides. And the first one, the the amateur Open Cup over sixteen hundred. Lucky, probably not the strongest sixteen hundred. Do you think? Not the strongest Open. I'm probably a victim of you know the, some of the other quality racing around at the moment, but oh, it just makes a, the bet for Nemazu stronger for mine. Yeah, well, uh, touch disappointing in town the other day, Ryan. Yeah, he was. Look, his first go at Eagle Farm, like, you know, you, you probably know all the dramas about the track and that sort of thing. And Ricky told me he went down on his bumpers after each. It was very strange for him. So just something small like that. Maybe he just raced a bit average. I definitely thought he could win that sort of race the other day. And that's why I was there riding him at 55 kilos. But, um, yeah, he was yeah. a bit disappointing. So, look, going forward, I think he, he'll, he'll be fine. Ricky doesn't start him unless they're right. So, yeah, this looks a perfect perfect race for him. How uh, how'd you get away with that? A kilo over in town. Yeah, oh, yeah, like I said, I'm lucky, very lucky with these owners now. You know, we're allowed to ride a kilo over any weight up to 56 and a half since COVID. And I think now they're going to keep that in now with the, the true weights in town on a sad day. So, yeah, pretty much anywhere you ride now in Queensland, you can get a kilo over, which is um, very helpful sometimes in those situations. Yeah, I think the only danger to Nemazoo on the card looks to be probably quality asset from the Wello stable. So that's probably um, the arch nemesis there. But on to the, I think it's the hottest car, uh, hottest race on the card, and that's the Fitzroy Open, 1,300 metres. Lockie, I, I thought Hale Manhattan mightn't get a start in that Archer that goes around here as the top weight, if he accepts. Gee, a bit controversial, mate, calling that the hottest race on the card when you got the Archer. Oh, no doubt Hale Manhattan's the class. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> no doubt Hale Manhattan's the class of this race, beaten length, less than length by Cougar Archer and listed last start there. I don't like it at the 1300, to be honest. And I think it's just always been plan B, throwing a nom in. I think it might even be nom down south as well. So I don't know if it's going to be here, mate. But I'm going to tip a local one here, absolute arty. Won't know himself for 56 and a half on the back. So uh, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll throw a ticket on the local boy there in that. What did you come up with? Oh, yeah, I'd like to back Valente uh, just because he's the old bush horse. And he's, uh, he's probably found a bit of form again. And the other big watch is the former Mackay horse, Brad, uh, gone down south and probably hasn't lived up to expectations. But you're talking about a horse run second in a Mackay Newmarket. It's been competitive against last chance, and that horse has won twice in town now. So pretty open race. I'd be betting, uh, betting lightly. But what have you found yourself riding, Ryan? Um, I'm actually riding absolute arty. Um, I'll save you a lot of headache of form. Hale Manhattan's definitely not going, I don't think. I'm pretty sure they're going to opt for the Hollandale on Saturday because they wanted me to ride him in the Hollandale. If the Archer wasn't on, I'm pretty sure I'd stay down and ride him in the holiday. But I think this might be just an afterthought, just in case something happens at the Gold Coast on Saturday with the rain and that sort of stuff. But um, like you said before, with um, Absolutely with 56.5 kilos, I think I rode him the other day, he had 64.5. So he won't know himself and he's, he's got a good record on the track and the distance. So if he draws a gate, he'll be there to the death, that's for sure. Has this been a target? Because obviously a couple of years ago, he won a, uh, he won a Rocky Cup over 1,600 progressing through the ratings and 
seems to be that um, Ricky's sort of got him over the sprint distance a bit more these days. Yeah, it's actually surprised me. I actually rode him in the cup, and it's actually surprised me that he's actually decided to start keeping him at the sprinting distances. I actually thought that he might get over a bit further, to be honest. But, yeah, Ricky knows his horses pretty well, and I think when he won two starts back, he, he was pretty happy the way he went. So I think that I think he's going to try and keep him at that sort of 1,300, 1,400-metre sprinting distances, where he, and then he won't run into sort of horses like Namazoo in the Cup. So I think they're just trying to – they're the same owner, so I think they might be just trying to separate the horses, to be honest. Yeah, well, it's bloody great to have options between new markets and, mm. and malls anyway. And then on to the big one. Mate, you've landed uh, landed a prize ride for uh, Chris Waller. You must be uh, pretty happy to be able to jump on board. Yeah, um, I've had a couple of rides in the race, to be honest. <laughs> it's been one of those sort oh, of um, races. Yeah, it's been. I was I actually booked for. I've been booked for probably nearly two and a half weeks for another horse of Annabelle Nisham's, one of Aquas's horses, and they were going to take Aquas's slot, but um, obviously that fell through. So yeah, last week I picked up the ride on Kubrick, which is you know. He's a he's a good old horse, and he found a lot of form last trip. I think he won three of his last four in town down here, and he won a couple of nice races. So he's only first up, but 1,300 on a big track like that, he'd have to be right there. And if a couple of these horses cut each other's throat, like, you, you know, your Apache Chasers and your, your cross, uh, not cross Havens, Dawn Passage and Emerald Kingdom sort of cut at each other, or even Miss Master Jamie, it might really suit my horse at the end of the race. Yeah, I mentioned to Lockie the other day, if you go through Cubic's form, I think – Four starts ago, he'd won about eight hundred thousand in prize money. He was going around in a midweek plus three, yeah. um, with fifty-five thousand dollars. And uh, but he came out, and went bang bang uh, over the mile in town. And yeah, yeah he looks uh, looks like he could progress in this nicely. For me though, mate, I I, I can't follow you in on with Apache Chase. Uh, that form just reads too well. Fourth time Thunderstruck, who uh, was second in All Star Mile, and Doncaster and Kandarupi, who won a Group Two victory stakes at Eagle Farm on the weekend. And that race was the Golden Eagles back in October. Barrier 16 probably cost him the Magic Millions Cup, I believe, on the Gold Coast in January. So if, if that all stacks up, I mean, he's ready to fire. Only concern, mate, uh, probably early in his prep and looking for bigger and better races in town over the winter. But how about yourself, Lockie? I think he's both missed the winner, to be honest, mate. Streets of Avalon for me. <laughs> uh, wait for age. Group one form, come on, man. The only thing close on paper probably for mine is Apache Chase, but coming through restricted and set weights races, mate, one of the older sayings in, in horse racing is wait for age horses, wait for age races. So I'm, uh, I'm chips in on the obvious one, mate, Streets of Avalon. Well, usually uh, we've got two tips in one race, but today, you know, we've got three here, so hopefully hopefully one of, them, <laughs> one of them can lob for the listeners. There's plenty of decent horses to choose from, I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, in, in what is apparently the second there. biggest race of the day we've heard here tonight so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no hot, hottest hot, hottest <laughs> hottest 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 <laughs> <laughs> nah well mate um, thanks very much for joining us um, Ryan uh, it's been a pretty good insight obviously to, to get some info on, on your day to day work and um, your travels up north and um, hope to catch up with a beer or, or something up north over the carnival with you and um yeah, said you had a winner. No worries. Thanks, boys. Well, Lockie, very grateful uh, of Ryan Wiggins there joining us. Uh, a really good insight into to the day-to-day, I guess, activities of a FIFO jockey and uh, and how he handles business up here. 
Yeah, really appreciate Ryan making time. He's obviously got a uh, busy schedule there, the little bub and, and all the rides and travel that he does. But, oh, mate, he's a class act. Um, we always knew he's a class act on the track. And, yeah, after chatting to him tonight, you know, both on air and off air, he's, he's a class act off the track too, mate. So, yeah, really appreciate him spending the time. Yeah, well, if the punters didn't get any insight there, um, I don't know. I don't know what they want, but... Let's lead on to our best bets for the weekend, mate, and the Swatania Capital Let It Ride. Best bet for the weekend. Last week we come up um, with a couple of duck eggs in Bar Calden and uh, didn't back any of our own horses either. So uh, what have you found over Townsville or Rocky? Yeah, mate, geez, we tipped a swag of winners but didn't back one ourselves, so filthy on that. But, oh, mate, I'm going to go to the big Rocky meet and just go 100 straight out on Namazoo, mate. I think he's the best bet on the card and for the weekend. Yeah, I see uh, a comment here last week. Best bet, Prunda. Effing cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll be backing that again. So. Yeah, and I stand by that comment too. Uh, it is not one for the Black Booker. <laughs> My best bet, I am going to go with Absolute Artie each way. I think we may get a little price here because it's is the hottest race in Rockhampton on Saturday. Not the best, but the hottest. Uh, so, yeah, hoping for a little bit of value after the last start defeat, but drops massive in weight and can run time for the 1,300 now. And then the Swatania Capital, let it ride. Jeez, uh, $3,054 on something after Echo Point saluted for Lockie last week at $1.45. I am going to launch in to... Nemazoo to place. I just think uh, the mile there is pretty weak, and if he doesn't get uh, get in the first three, um, uh, I'll eat my hat. Yeah, nice play, mate. Very nice play. So, God give him strength. Um, anyway, we need to get this show on the road, so we'll wrap it up, mate. Um, join us again next week back on the podcast. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>